Hello and welcome back to The Catch. On the podcast today, we have myself, Michael Adams, John Rahimi, as well as David McCormick. Boys, boys, boys. How's boys, it How's boys, it boys, boys. Yes. I'm glad oh, you started no, with that, right? Yeah, you know I what it is. I, no, no. So, <laughs> folks, today is a special day because we all have very busy weeks and we're not <laughs> the most professional people in the world. So we didn't think of a topic for the second time around today. And so I told the guys I would surprise them with the topic. So I have a surprise topic for them. We'll get to that later. But first I want to... I was like, jokes on... (laughs) But I knew you were going to do this one. I should not have texted about it. I had the feeling. Oh, I know this topic. Yeah, you know what's going on. Dang it. The only only (laughs) one I publicly said I had a slight issue with. (laughs) Rive the knife and everything makes sense now. Yeah. Are you glad or, I said or boys, we'll just do boys, it boys I might, I might just no, totally no, change no. it up now. <laughs> no, let, no, let's do this one. Let's do it. Okay, we're going to do it. Um, all right, we'll, all right we'll so get as a lead-in, I forgot to start the timer. Son of a biscuit. Okay. Sorry, but we're trying to be better about uh, our bantering and and whatnot because we've realized that uh, not everyone has a full hour to spend listening to us talk, even though our voices are silky smooth and our content is pristine at all times. We do realize people have lives. So we're trying to be better about that. Another thing some people may have noticed is that uh, there are three of us rather consistently on the podcast, and there have been three of us for quite a while. Um, and that was actually a conscious choice. It wasn't just like, oh, we're just going to have three guys all the time now, uh, randomly, whenever it happens to work out. Um, it was a conscious choice we all decided on um, for at least as the best way I can describe it is because we want this podcast to be the fruit of our friendship um and we're all very good friends we've been friends since college and what we found is in doing this podcast together it's opened us up to a deeper level of friendship outside of it um like before we podcast we usually talk and we catch up and we spend time relating with each other and just sharing what's been going on in our lives and doing the podcast and talking about the things of the faith and sharing Christ with each other, we found that it really is, yeah, it's a great source of joy um, and growth for us. So we wanted to be able to do it on a consistent basis to keep our friendship growing and developing. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. I had someone actually ask me about the podcast the other day. um, And this sounds like kind of selfish, but I was like, I enjoy doing it. And I was like, I kind of Obviously, I want, you know, fruits of this podcast, you said fruits of our friendship. I was like, I just really enjoy, you know, spending time with Michael and John. This is a good, this is a good time, good opportunity to do it. Unfortunately, we, when we all lived in the same building, we could grab Taco Bell and play Mario Kart and talk for four hours. Unfortunately, that is not a reality as much anymore. Um, but yeah, that's just, yeah, just really happy to, to be able to do this with you all. Yeah, and I, I think, John, I talked to you about this a couple of weeks ago, just, it has been incredible to see the change in friendships and just normal conversations. And uh, not that it's a lot, not that it's less surface level because we definitely have surface level fun, but there's always some sort of like intentionality to dive a little bit deeper um, and to, to really share life with one another. So that's been a really beautiful fruit that I've witnessed. Yeah. And we've like, we realized like, I mean, if you've listened to us for, you know, a while now, um, you've noticed like we, we talked more in the beginning maybe than we didn't originally, or maybe you've noticed that it's gotten more comfortable and we 
share more about ourselves. Um, and that is just a fruit of doing this and realizing um, that this is, you know, what's important to us in our friendship, but also too, just to like, Mike and I were sharing this day, and I don't know if you felt the same way, but last time we podcasted, you know, we did, we talked for like an hour beforehand before we even got into it. And we were just talking about our lives and then we podcast and the whole thing ended up being like three, three hours or something like that. Yeah. Um, which, you know, is awesome. But we were, I was telling Michael, I was so exhausted by the end, but not like in a bad way of like, I'm just so sick of doing this. It was like real good. Like, yeah, it was like, it was a holy exhaustion. It was like, I've just poured myself out with these guys. And now I'm like, I'm really like spent. I've just spent myself. And it was really, if, I don't know, that's like, to make you think of the cross, like Jesus just spent himself uh, on the cross, like giving himself to others, to us. It's like, we get to do that with each other, which is like, just, I mean, that's, that's amazing. I had the exact same experience. I was like, I am emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally exhausted right now, but it was a good feeling. It was kind of like, if you've ever had like a really good workout or, you know, you really worked hard on a paper or you really worked hard on some manual labor job that you finish it and you're exhausted, mm-hmm. but it's not this exhaustion. You're like, Oh, I can't believe I just did that. It's just like, yeah. Like it's almost a celebration. It's like, Oh, I'm exhausted. Like I used my body. I used my mind. Mm-hmm. This is beautiful. Like I'm growing from this. I think that was kind of my experience. It's like I'm exhausted, but I put myself to good use and the exhaustion is more of a celebration rather than something I'm frustrated or put down by. Definitely. And I, I completely agree with all of that. I mean, I think for me also, there was physical exhaustion. Because I think I told you guys I was running like five, four and a half hours. Oh, yeah, like that's right. Hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're just marathoning it. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think that's awesome that you, you guys you pointed out to you. Maybe you haven't seen a difference, but maybe you have. But yeah, that's kind of why we are trying to do the three of us more often than not. But and obviously things will change the schedule and whatnot. But I've, I've at least really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been, it's been good. And it's like, I mean, it's, we're, I've noticed this too, not even just in podcasting, but in, in my life, like when I, when I spend my day orienting myself towards other people and trying to serve them, either just through like intercession and prayer, offering parts of my day up for intentions um, or actively like doing some service for someone. When you think of other people and you put yourself in a position of service, when you get to bed, there's just like, you're just dead. You're just so tired. Um, and so for this, like doing a podcast, we're serving each other in friendship We're all, I mean, we're hopefully we're serving people who are listening to this. Uh, if not, let us know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, it's amazing that we can come away and see that and like, thank God that we can end the day, uh, exhausted and in need of rest. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. Now we just gave ourselves a giant pat on the back. Job, yeah guys. we're awesome so yeah but it's good though. like I mean, it's good to recognize like the good fruits that are coming of it and um i know people are like oh it's just like you can be prideful or selfish in that but i think it's just it's good to to note what is going well and where god mm-hmm. is present and i think he's very present here Definitely agree. i agree i think it's there's a temptation just to ignore it and be like oh the, the humble thing is just to mm-hmm. ignore it all to to never even give life to those thoughts but I think there's something beautiful just about being reflective and just appreciating graces and appreciating fruit that comes of something. So yeah. it's kind of feels like what we're doing right now. Yeah. And it becomes like, a, it's a, it's a way that we can appreciate each other, you know, and appreciate what's, what's happening in each other's lives. Like that's why the time before and in between 
when we record is, is so important to have and to not like minimize it or think anything less of it. Um, Cause yeah, David, I know we were, we were having this like before we used to podcast, it was like, okay, like quick little updates and then boom, like we're in, there's no time for sharing. And now it's been like, we spent an hour talking, which is awesome um, yeah. before we even got to this. So like we warm ourselves up and we, we allow ourselves the time and the space to enter into more like deep and um, vulnerable way of sharing. But it allows us to appreciate like the other person for like, okay, they just like, we all need time to kind of get into that instead of like, you know, forcing them to get to what you want to get to. I think that's, you know, that's just part of being friends. No, definitely. Yeah. So this leads into the topic. I know. I know. Um, so this uh, particular topic is a little sensitive, uh, mainly because we have a group chat um, called Boys Time. <laughs> and it's what Michael, we called our original hangouts. Like when we hang out the three of us and catch up, we called it Boys Time. We called it Boys Time. And perhaps it was right and just that it was called boys time when we were younger and less mature, but we are older now. And obviously we have grown into a great wisdom. Speak for yourself. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, but uh, this, um, this topic came about because actually for two reasons. One, because I watched, um, the Lord of the Rings, the two towers with someone we know and a comment was made um, during the film. And I, not just because I hate people talking during movies, but because the comment was particularly interesting uh, that it stuck with me and I haven't been able to let it go as David so kindly pointed out to me that I have a problem <laughs> with letting things go. Um, the other thing was then we were having a conversation in the rectory about it. So um, it all kind of just kind of, it got developed a little bit into a topic. And then I saw our, our group chat name and then someone used the word boys. And I was like, oh, this could be an interesting thing to just sort of riff on. So um, I alluded to this before. I didn't tell you guys what we're going to talk about, but here's the gist. In Lord, I guess you guys have both seen Lord of the Rings, right? Yes. Yes. Two towers. Okay. So you know, at the end, the, uh, the speech that um, Sam gives where he's like, um, there's some good in this world, Mr. Frodo, it's worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. okay beautiful speech uh but before that right before that uh frodo's about to like give the ring to the Nazgul, right and they'll go to sauron and the whole thing will end but sam goes and he tackles him he stops him from doing it and right frodo and sam have been on this journey together they've been going at this since the beginning and you know sam is a a true friend of frodo even though frodo is kind of in this um, this dark place because of the burden he's carrying and he has to deal with. And he tackles him down to the ground and Frodo in his kind of like frenetic state and kind of like tumultuous spirit takes out his sword and holds it to Sam's throat as if like, you know, what did you just do? Like, why did you stop me? Like kind of turning on Sam and Sam is taken aback by this and says, um, what does he say? Shoot. Oh, um, it's me. It's your Sam. And that's a really interesting way of phrasing it, right? It's your Sam. It sounds very like romantic almost. Like it's the way that perhaps you've heard like couples speak to each other, kind of flowery language. And the comment that was made during the movie was, oh, wow, was your boyfriend or something? And that ticked me off to no end. Granted, I'm older than the person who said the comment, but what struck me about it was there's this uncomfortability with 
affectionate male friendship that we as men and our culture in general have a crisis of real loving masculinity and we can't share in real love. And so we dumb it down to boys. We become boys instead of men. And basically the distinction I'm trying to make is that men are capable of love and of capable of like having that sort of relationship that Sam has with Frodo. Boys refuse to do that and make fun of it when they see it because they're insecure about their own desires, needs, place in that friendship. So that's what I want to talk about. Yeah, I've, oh, I've always thought that that's like that. I don't know. I won't say maybe uncomfortable. I just thought that scene and how he phrased it was, I think, just like more vocabulary wise, always kind of off putting. But just saying like, it's your Sam. I don't know why. That's kind of like for me, always kind of off putting. I don't think it, at least for me, it came from any place of like, oh, vulnerability. Ugh. But I just kind of like, I just thought that was just like a really weird way to phrase it. But why is it? So why is that? The question is, why is it off putting? But I just think like I I don't think it's because of vulnerability. I just think like that was just a weird, weird way to phrase like it's your thing. Like okay, but you're not answering my question. Why? No, and that's what, and that's what I'm saying. Like I don't think I ha- like. What's weird about saying your thing? Like, I was just saying like I I really don't hear people speak like that just in general. Like sure, okay, that's a, that's a valid reason. So instead of being like oh, it's Sam, and kind of get like the same message across. I'm just saying, like, I just kind of had noticed it was more of, and I don't think it was lack of volume. I don't think it was like, oh, they're being volatile. I just kind of was like, oh, that was just an interesting choice to put there. More so. Understandable. Michael, any okay. initial yeah. thoughts? I'm just interested to see where this goes. I, I can see, this, this might be the very first podcast we have a little back and forth on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think that's a good thing, though. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to see. I do think that there is a crisis of masculinity. Um, I think it, it is centered around vulnerability. And uh, I know I use boys a lot. I mean, 24-7, I'm talking about the boys. Um, you know, even our, like, today, I introduced this boys, 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 boys. <laughs> you know? So yep. I, I think it, it's interesting to kind of think of maybe the damage that that could do. Um or like the damage of having like a boyish mindset could do, especially at our age and kind of what that teaches younger generations. That's kind of more what I think is kind of what have we been shown and then what are we showing um, as yes. men to mm-hmm. others? Um, just I think the example of our friendship or the example of our own vulnerability is usually kind of the opening door to someone else. I remember <laughs> this didn't go well for focus because I revolted when I, when it happened to me, but essentially they kind of told me this story of like, if you want someone to share and if you want someone to grow in like vulnerability, if you want them to be vulnerable with you, typically like a strategy to do that would be to first be vulnerable with them and to mm-hmm. share. And then they immediately did that exact strategy with me directly after having the conversation. So I knew what they were doing and it frustrated me. And I was like, Hey, how dare you? I know <laughs> that you're not interested. You're just using the strategy. Yeah. So I kind of got mad there, but just in general, I think it is kind of a good thing to know just what does it mean to be a man and what does that look like in today's culture where not to, not to, you know, rub feathers maybe the wrong way, but feels less and less like men are in control of what's defined to be masculinity. 
um, and our perspectives are more and more affected by not only like not our own inclinations, but actually the inclinations of the world around us, whether that be other male friends, whether that be what we're hearing in culture and what we're hearing by the world talking about toxic masculinity, not to say that there isn't toxic masculinity, but I just think that um, when we define, oh, I need to be a man, how often are we really living up to the definition of man that we have? Or are we trying to live up to the definition of a man that everyone else has set for us? And that's where I think we get into a really, really dangerous zone um, as men, because we try to lump ourselves in a group one way or the other, whatever it may be. It's just like we have an idea of what manliness is and we just frame our lives around lies typically. I think we can also take as like, oh, if you're a man, you are fully grown, fully developed, you have nothing else like to grow in. And also you're not having any fun. I think that's kind of like, when you think of like a manly man, you're like, oh, they're like, you can't have. And I think that's good. We, we, ha- we have a desire for good nature and fraternity and friendship. I would say like that should be present like in men. I think we might have the idea that like, oh yeah, I'm going to become a man and take more responsibility, which is good, but like there's not those opportunities in which there are, it's just going to look different. And I think like, it's kind of interesting where we are all currently like positioned in our lives where it's like, I'm still a senior in college. Um, so that's why it was interesting when I saw in the text that John was like, between my group of friends, like I said, the majority of the time sarcastically, but it's always just like boys, like, and it's kind of interesting. And I think this is where we might think differing of experience might be a little bit of a pushback because I have like some of those friends that, you know, like you refer to as the boys, but I really only see if we're, you know, out grabbing drinks, something like that. I really don't know how they're doing. And I think I would definitely agree with like, yeah, Christ of masculinity, we're there kind of like for good natured fun, but for the most part, not being vulnerable with each other. Everything's very superficial. At the same time, though, I also have like five roommates, like we live in a house together and we will refer to like when we're all together, like, oh, you know, we're just going to have some boys time, you know, all the boys together. But the different experiences of that is like, I think it's been very blessed where like, we, I have five roommates and we all care about each other. And we all, I would say, are very vulnerable. We all know what's going on. And I'd say it happens multiple times a day of different experiences. Someone comes in and like, you know, I just had a really, really tough experience because of this. And it could like mix and match, like, okay, like, what, um, like, oh, what's going on? Let's talk about it. So I think it's kind of interesting because, like, we still use that language, but I would say, like, with that group of friends, maybe versus, like, August to now, there's been that change. But I know that's something I've been very thankful with is that group is that, like, we are, obviously, our relationships aren't perfect, but we are vulnerable with each other. We're all there to support each other. Like, when one of us said, like, oh, I'm doing this, we have, like, our house meeting once a week. And we're like, yeah, listen, if you want us to keep you accountable with this, like we will. But I understand what you're saying in the sense of maybe some of my friends outside of that group that are like, I still see maybe on the weekends and stuff. I agree. Very superficial. Very like, not that I don't care about them, but it's more of like, I don't really know what's going on outside of me seeing them Friday night. Set. Something, John, that I feel like you might be getting towards too is um, somebody just trying to put myself in like the opposite mindset of hearing yourself be referred to as boy oftentimes I think can do passive damage um, and almost lead to us being able to make more excuses for our actions because when we mess up or we do something wrong we always can kind of fall back on like well I'm just I'm a boy you know I'm not I'm not fully mature I'm not a man yet you know like I'm still developing those kinds of things 
and we use it kind of as a cop out. Uh, and I think when you're told like, oh, just you're, you're one of the boys, right? It's like, okay, well, when we think of that, honestly, when I think of, oh, one of the boys, I think of like college times. Um, and I think of like times with like old friends like that. Uh, I don't necessarily imagine myself when I'm like 35, when I'm re- referencing to like one of the boys. Uh, so I think it is kind of a dangerous fra- dangerous phrasing just because it can lead us into just complacency of like, oh, I'm, I'm a boy. This is what boys do. And I'll answer for my actions when I'm a man, which I think is one of the biggest cop-outs that I know I have suffered with. I know I've talked to you guys all about that too. Of just like, oh, like I'll deal with that when I'm older. Like that's not an issue that I should like think about right now. Like I'm just a boy. Ready for a monologue? I was about to say, John has a monologue cooking right now. What, I'll start the clock now. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the time right now. I'm like, oh, crud. No, I want monologue, um, but I do have points. So, right. I think clarifications to begin with. Mm-hmm. One, we need to acknowledge there are problems in uh, masculinity today. So, yes, there are like bad versions of masculinity out there. It's not to say like, oh, the culture is like just hitting on something that doesn't exist. Like wrong. There's problems. Okay. Addressed. Um, two. Um, we live in a culture of men who are engrossed in perpetual adolescence and who desire perpetual adolescence. Um, this is millennials. We see this all the time. So like Michael, you and I are at the bookend of that. And then, sorry, David, you kind of missed out on that generation. So maybe there's a generational difference. I would <laughs> say, Gen I'm, Z. I would say yeah. I'm like the older, oldest of Gen Z. Right. Yeah, exactly. You are. So um, there's overlap, but there's, there's, diff- there's subtle differences there and how it's being perceived, right? But there's this perpetual adolescence that's purported and desired because the baby boomer generation that raised us desired to provide everything because their parents who grew up in the depression did not have everything provided for them. So as kids, those, our parents did not have, like they didn't have it all. And now they're designing to provide it all for their kids and their kids have everything provided for them. So there's this kind of adolescence, like boyish nature to everything where the boy can just sort of do whatever he wants and have fun. Everything's about, you know, having fun. Um, so there's that. And like, right. Like, I'm not trying to, you made a good distinction there that there are, you have your, your different friend groups. There are the ones that are more surface level and there are ones that are deeper and not to say that it isn't deeper just because you use the word. I think words that we use are important and they're indicative of the culture that we live in. So we've lived in a culture of perpetual adolescence. We're going to use the word boy. So my, my, my point of pressuring you on why is it uncomfortable that you heard those words in the movie? Why did it seem off? And we, and you're right. We don't hear it that often. So the question becomes, why don't we hear it often? Well, it's because the culture we live in doesn't purport a sort of uh, depth to male friendship. If it does, it's seen as to be quite frank, homosexual. If there's any sort of like emotional affection and depth of love that beyond like just kind of like, hey, like what's going on? Like good for you and like whatever, that sort of stuff. It's automatically seen as the natural move should be what well, should it should turn sexual. Like I was reading an article about uh, Captain America and it was basically saying how a, the author was so upset that Marvel basically missed the point of Cap and Bucky's friendship. So like it should have been sexual. And the same thing, actually, there's an article about Lord of the Rings saying it's Frodo and Sam, like they're clearly homosexual. It's like, goodness gracious, we can't even look at uh, male friendship if there's affection and there's real like love and words that are used um, to show that depth of care. 
it, it must be sexual in the, in the eyes of the culture versus like for us, what we're trying to move towards saying, no, like that's actually what male friendship ought to look like. And there need not be any sort of like sexual connotations there. So for that comment that I'm bringing this out of sec, like, what is his boyfriend? I'm like, exactly. This is the problem. We see any sort of emotion and love in a, and shown in a, yeah, in a vulnerable way, or I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but what doesn't seem very like uh, boyish, really, I think is the way I'm trying to say it. Because when you're a boy, like if you remember grade school, we didn't honor each other. We didn't talk about each other as like being there for the other. We just used people. We used our friends to get the toy we wanted. We used our friends to play the game we wanted to play. Like there's good fun and there's good growth that happens there, but we're not actually honoring the other person. So as you grow into being a man, you learn what it means to honor the other person, to honor your friends. So it doesn't need to be like, oh, you're now your your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, boyfriend, boyfriend, because you're you're showing each other love. So like how often outside of our context do you have your friends say, I love you? Your male friends say, I love you in public. And so that people can hear you. Not often. I do not find people saying I love you to each other as men because they're so freaking scared of being called gay. And it's absurd. Like I've made it a point with my, like one of my best friends from high school, like every time I talk to him on the phone and I'm around other people, I will say like, I love you. Or if I'm in person with you in front of everyone in the house that we're with, like somebody say goodbye to him. I love you because he's my brother and I love him. It doesn't matter that like, Oh, well, that's weird. Why would you say I love you to a guy? It's like, who cares? He's my friend and I do love him, but we don't do that because we're, we're just, we're scared. And there's a boyish fear there that I'm going to be called out for being weird. It's kind of opens up Pandora's box for me, honestly, just because I think there are a lot of underlying issues just with the way men view each other uh, too with this, where that, that love that we speak of, I think we are brought up in a culture too, that it's a constant comparison. It's like as boys mm-hmm. compete while they grow up, yep. we get into this age and it's still like this constant competition comparison between one another mm-hmm. and just being able to appreciate the man in front of you has become so much more difficult. I think, uh, I think it is kind of interesting to think like, how often do you say like, I love you to another man. Um, but really, I think for me, the hardest part comes down to just, we were never given the example of it. And so being the one to change mm-hmm. a relationship is one very difficult, but two is very necessary because I know myself and I know you two as well, uh, especially just through <laughs> growing with you two in, in the last like three years or so, I'd say just seeing like the differences and the changes in myself, but also like the changes in the two of you. Um, I think really I've noticed a deep longing for that. There's a longing for affirmation, verbal affirmation, even just like physical touch of just a hug before we leave. And it's like, guys like show up and see each other. It's like, Oh, here's a firm handshake. Great to see you, buddy. Um, and that was like kind of how I grew up. And then I remember I got to college and I was like being hugged 24 seven by like the guys I was hanging out with. Like I'd go see father chase across the street and he'd give me a big hug. And I'd be like, Oh, this is cool. Or, like I'd see you, John, we give a big hug. Right. It, you know, I haven't seen either of you in many months. And I know David, I'm going to be seeing you 
uh, in a couple of days. And like, I imagine there'll be a big embrace there, just a hug of just like thankful to see each other, um, which is a really great change. But again, there's this desire that we all have and it does typically get hidden or get looked upon with shame, not because we maybe think it's bad or wrong. I think it really comes down to a fear of rejection Mm. of if I do share this or if I do say this, what if they don't say it back to me? Yeah. I know I've had that too. Like, I think I called, I don't know who I was talking on the phone. I was like, all right, like, Hey, like great to talk to you. Like, love you brother. Talk to you soon. And like, while I was doing that, I was like, what if he just like, didn't say or i was like looking i was like is he gonna say that mm-hmm. it's just weird like you you're looking for that affirmation and like affirmation in the friendship but just affirmation in your own masculinity and it kind of goes back to like that whole iron sharpens iron um you really have to be there for each other and both enter into that type of a relationship it's it's very difficult when only one side is doing it and i guess my challenge would be if it is making you uncomfortable to just try to enter into it and be a little uncomfortable because yeah. I, I was uncomfortable with it for many years. And I think I've slowly opened myself to it and now it just feels normal. <laughs> yeah, Michael, I, w- I would completely agree with that as well. Like, I think definitely I was, when I started to experience that more became, I was, was uncomfortable with it. And was, yeah, I'm starting to become more comfortable with it and realizing, yeah, I have that desire. And I think that we, our, our masculinity or what we perceive as masculinity is like very sacred to us. I like it's meant like we want to protect it. We want to prove ourselves. And I think that is one of the quickest ways that we think we can be like disqualified as a man is to be seen as, I don't know, for me, like I'm very, I've known that like, I'm very afraid as being, being, being very afraid as being seen as soft. It's like, Oh, like you're not tough. You can't like, and I think that is something that, like, as guys, it's like, yeah, if we think that's not going to be reciprocated, we are thinking, like, oh, it's going to make us less of a man because, you know, we, you know, we, you know I'd say I love you, or we might show, like, affection with another guy. I think just one of the interesting examples, and obviously we had a lot of fun, but, like, when we were all on the RA team together, I would say the majority, like, all the guys in that team were very close. Um, we all showed affection for each other, like, physical affection, yes, but, like, um, even like when we were in public as well, but like, do you remember almost always for moving for the freshman, it would almost always be girls and guys. You notice that the guys on the RA team are like really close and they're like, you know, like it was kind of like, I noticed was some of the things that people would just like, we're not used to seeing it and were to be like, yeah, just like not used to like guys being close like that. And that is something honestly I had not thought of John until you brought up in this podcast. Like, why was that why was that a topic of conversation like surroundings when it was just like we were guys who had gone through multiple weeks of training together had grown together we'd all been vulnerable together um and we were on a team and we were like doing our job and we were enjoying it and so i think that's kind of a good point you know like that that was the initial reaction is a lot of people who are might not be used to it, it's like why why are the guys like that you know it's something really what, beautiful oh, oh sorry Go for it. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I was gonna say just really quick, then I'll go to you, John. But something really beautiful that came of that, I think, was as that continued, we saw people emulate it yes. and want to recreate it. We saw men who were freshmen try to recreate that within their own groups. 
we also draw saw like the females like the women on the ra team trying to emulate that sort of friendship and so really i just think just i'll go to you john real quick but um the example that that sets not only what it does for us and what it does for those in that relationship but the example that it sets for other men the example it sets for women the example it really just sets for the world of just what does it mean to be in a relationship with someone yeah i never actually thought about that but it's very true that emulation that came from it which is beautiful um because it makes it bigger than us mm-hmm. which is great but i think um something that's getting it's getting touched on right here is that um especially with the example you're using, right, of, of the team, of these guys who are working together for something. It, I think this just goes back to the beginning of how we started this. This line of Sam's, it's your Sam. Um, and even what we were talking about in terms of each other, like this exhaustion that we experience of being in the service of one another. Sam is in the service of Frodo, which is ultimately the service of like the world. And when you view your friendship, especially with, you know, men, that my friendship is at the service of the other. I am yours. It's not about me. I submit myself to you to serve you. And so I can rightly call myself yours. And it's uncomfortable because we don't want to be at the service of other people because we're prideful, little beep. So like, it's difficult. Like I struggle with this all the time, like to p- put myself at the service of another and then to really live into that. Like, that's what it means to be a disciple. Like Jesus, I am yours. And Jesus says to me, I am yours as he gives his whole body to me. Like if you ever want to like really get into this, brothers, I invite you to go sit before the cross and to like really take in that Jesus is giving you himself holy, which means his body, like look at his body, look what he's giving you. He's giving you his body. Like imagine his breath. Like Jesus had a, like a smell, like just to really experience like the fullness of the person that's being given to you. It's like, it's a lot to take in and it's a lot to deal with where it's like, this person is giving me their whole self and saying that I'm yours. And can I say that I'm yours back because Jesus put himself at my service. The son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. So if we're really going to call ourselves men, we need to be able to like honor that and point to that and say that, Yes, I see that you are giving me your whole self instead of just saying like, oh, I love you, dude. Like, that's nothing. Like, that's a step in the right direction, but we need to push forward and say that I'm going to be able to honor you and to point out what you are giving me, which is your whole self and the virtues and the, you know, the life that's been given you. So I really think it's important that we just know that it's about service so that we can rightly say to each other, like, I'm yours and I love you without any sort of uh, shame or awkwardness or uncomfortability. I think of moments that I've had with each one of you, both as like when we were all in college together, hanging out and having our boys in parentheses, men time, <laughs> but fraternity. really it's fraternity. Yes. I, but we called it boys time, but it was fraternity. Um, really. I just think of like moments that I've had with each one of you individually over the last like two years, David, like when you and I, we're in college last year as well. It's just like conversations we've had with each other this year. John, I think of a lot of moments from like your senior year forward of just like moments that you and I shared alone together um, where it is like, there's a difference and it is a service to one another. And it kind of goes back to that the exhaustion that we feel sometimes it's like, Oh, I'm exhausted from 
this conversation or from this podcast because I was in service to them and I'm in service to others. And I think of times that you two have served me individually and listened to me or my frantic <laughs> grumblings in my mind uh, or just been there for me. And I remember those moments being like, wow, I haven't experienced that kind of male fraternity in a long time. Like I usually just bottle that up. <laughs> like I usually just bottle all of that up because I don't want to share it uh, with a woman necessarily. Like those are like more like intimate thoughts. I don't really want to talk to anyone about. And I definitely don't want to talk to like my best friends and like, let that, let them know like how I'm struggling. Like they're not going to think I'm a man anymore because I'm in need. Mm-hmm. But it's important to know that we are always in need. And yes. there's something very beautiful in admitting that you need help and allowing, actually, actually allowing someone to be there for you. Um, I think that's really another beautiful image we can have with Christ of, like you said, sitting for Christ and imagining like the person actually, like the, the details, his breath, his smell, you know, the kind of like almost like I think of like his hands, like the calluses mm-hmm. on his hands. Um, being able to sit there and just understand what it means to be of service of him but also how much he desires to serve us and how much he desires us to share that with him. And there's always this temptation of hiding those dark, dirty places. But Christ being the perfect man desires to love all of us and serve every inch of us. But again, we have to also be willing to open ourselves up and allow him in. Yeah. I want David, unless you have something else, I have one last comment to wrap it up, but yeah, no, go for it. Okay. I think the, the distortion that's happened is right. Cause we're, we're pointing to something here about service that is um, it's not exclusively masculine, but is um, particular to masculinity. At least like we embody it. Right. John Paul's, theology of the body says that man like is the giver right he gives christ gives himself on the cross to his bride the church so we follow in suit as men like we want to give of ourselves right so there's a very masculine male quality that and it's really like fulfilling for us to do that what boyhood does because it hasn't come into that yet is it and this movement of like men to be boys is a perversion of that saying I don't want to give. I just want to take. I just want to take for myself and get what I want. So it's, and it's even a perversion of reception. It's bad receptivity. And so Michael, you said we need to recognize our need, our neediness, like we are in need as men. We have to know that um, because we're creatures and we need God, but we need to receive what it is that we need, which is ultimately life, (laughs) but we need to receive from God, everything that we need and then turn and give it out and pour it for the life of the world. Like that's what bears fruit. Um, so receive what we need and then give of ourselves. Like that's what it is to be like a man and not to just be a boy who just takes and thinks only of himself. Yeah. I think I was having a conversation with a friend last week and he said something I thought was like pretty profound, but he said that you can tell the impact that something has on a man 
is there is it is if it affects like those other men that are close to him which i thought was really interesting like of being like i think about some things that are really profound things like that and like i want to share those like with my friends and it's like if something is actually bearing fruit and that man is trying to give of that to those close to him as well which i thought was very interesting it's like you are receiving and then you are giving yeah. and if you are receiving and you are not giving and is not affecting those who are close to you there's a disconnect in either what you are receiving or in those relationships and how much you're willing to give so yeah kind of wild that yeah my my friend told me that last week and i kind of been sitting with it for a while so very topical yeah John. very topical how about Perfect. that john brought this up then yeah providence this nope, was kind of like uh... i feel like it was pandora's box i want to text you like do the boys one I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to open Pandora's box, but I'm really glad we did. Yes, that was good. Good, uh, good conversation. So, thank you, yeah, thank you for uh, getting into it. So, yeah, we could do a follow up on this one, I think, someday and dig probably into. Yeah, so this one was tailored a little bit more towards the men topic wise. Yeah. No more boys. Slightly. If you're a boy listening to this, Man. grow up <laughs> your seven-year-old listening to this stop it. yeah <laughs> stop it <laughs> beautiful well, uh great I, I love that a lot that was really beautiful i think um i'm definitely gonna sit with that in prayer the next couple of days so thank you for bringing it up john but everyone yeah. thank you for listening as always we'll be praying for you please pray for us if you have any questions comments concerns please reach out to us at the catch cc at gmail.com and real quick before we go, got two quick words from our buddies over at Covenant Eyes and Bishop Sheen Rosaries. With Covenant Eyes, our buddies are helping out with fighting the battle of pornography right now. So if you or someone you know is struggling with addiction to pornography, please go check out their website using the link in the description below and get a free 30-day trial with their porn fighting software. They have a lot of really free, re- really great free resources such as books, videos that can really help distance you from that addiction and lastly if you're looking for a brand new spanking rosary that's dandy and won't break every you know couple months like most do go check out bishop sheen rosaries uh, they're handmade they support a really great cause and uh yeah they're, they're some college buddies of ours so we would appreciate you supporting them in any way so again thank you we'll talk soon goodbye Peace. Peace.